Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, welcome to this Valentine's special podcast uh, with David Flatman, and should I say David Covid Flatman, and uh, and Tom Co- Cave Thomas Covid Flatman, Thomas clean as a whistle, Shanklin. I was about to say that. I was about to say exactly that. Were you clear? Beat you to it. Clear, clear. Beat you to clear, it. Clear, clear. Uh, One line, Tommy. How are you, boy? Two line, Flatman. Mad on the piss. <laughs> Hardly ever. <laughs> well, well, we might be next weekend because we're going up to Leeds. Oh yeah, with we love. Sport, oh yeah, we are, aren't we? Aren't we? And I know Stephen Cooper. He said he's staying up there as well. And is he? Yeah. Oh, maybe no. we'll have a, a couple. Well, of if ales. he's listening, which he will be, could you ask him to, you know, shall book, I us, get, book us a club or something? Book us a club. Shall I ask him to get us in somewhere that has Rev James for you? Nice pint of Reverend I don't know James. Who that is. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we're, we're at the Library Pub in Leeds, aren't we? Shh. Got to be quiet there. Because I think I always. Th- oh, shh, Why a buy a book there. when I, you can join a library? I always thought. Um, think about Guinnesses, and we're doing it with Guinness. I, the, one of the reasons I drink Guinness is that if someone says to me, "Right, neck it," I can because it's not really gassy and it's not freezing cold. Yep. It's just nicely chilled. But also, I can have eight of them. And not feel blottoed. If I had eight pints of lager, I would be in a gutter that I'd be spewing. Do you do the Guinness drinking game where you take a big gulp um, and do you either try and split like the harp in Guinness or do you try and split the G? Have you done that? I split the G. Split the G. Okay, I go for the, I go for the line in between. Idiot. I think it's a harp or, or well, I'm not sure what it is. Symbol and the Guinness. Yeah, the thing. The yep. thing. Yep. Yeah, I mean... It's you need a bit of practice, but some people are better than others. Yeah, but just a little glimpse of me and my man mates, Jimmy the Perv and the Og Monster. <laughs> 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 oh mate, I uh, 
I had Ian Evans, Gavin Hastings, John Barkley, um, and Rob Jones on stage at the locker room on uh, on Saturday. It was great. I was just how was it, mate? Yeah. I, I'm really sorry for people that are there that don't understand me, but I just make myself laugh internally all the time. And I, I was asking Ian Evans about lineouts, and he gave me an answer about lineouts. And I just I said, just quickly, mate, favorite actor of all time. <laughs> and, he, and he went, oh, that's a difficult one. I said, is it Mr. Sidney Poitier? Yeah, and then I just moved on. Just chill out. God, chill out. I phased you. I knew I would. <laughs> I'm just doing all this <laughs> all the way through. Oh, what's just the weather like up there? Oh, just for yourself. Just for myself. Just for myself. Yeah. Um, good. Just to be, and then I'll have the odd person come up to me and say, oh, I love that. I love the office quotes. Well done. Well done. Yeah, the odd one. Yeah. But well, that's it. fine. Yeah. That's fine. I, um, yeah. I did a little feature with Scrum 5 as well. So we had to go around and ask people. People that basically had to ask me questions, and I could only answer yes or no as to who were the last try scorers for Wales v Scotland when Scotland last won in Cardiff in two thousand and two. And the answers were um, Reese Williams and Gordon Bullock. But I ended up just picking on my mates. Picked on Chris Sadler. He's a big fan of the pod, um, and he had a green jumper on. I think it was Bellstaff because he loves the label. Um, he worked. Does it have to have a label on it, or he won't yep, buy it? Yep. And he's yeah. proper like dark green, and uh, yeah. went straight up to him and went ex-military, <laughs> <laughs> Foxy. Uh, um, I am. Um, I just picked I up my recently, mates. I went out in a in a you know a jacket a jump a jacket sort of jacket jumper thing I quite like wearing, and um, as I got out of the car, I caught myself in the car window. And I actually, it's got a label. It doesn't matter what label it is, but it's got a label that you can actually remove. Yeah. So I actually removed it and put it in my pocket and thought I actually prefer that without the label on it. Was it Burton? Because what the label says is, yeah, what the label says is, you can guess what label it was. This cost me a lot of money, and I might go to a football match and nut somebody. Yeah. Okay. Stone Island. Actually, I really, yeah, but I actually really love Stone Island clothes. I just don't want to nut anyone. Mm. Um, But it and it. It did cost me a lot of money, Tom. It was in the old days when I used to spend a little bit more than I earned. Mm, wrong way around. Yeah. Like on yeah, a car. did it for a little while. Um, yeah, so I did this feature for um, Scrum 5. It was just a light-hearted bit, trying to break up the show. Um, get hammered for it online. Oh, really? Yeah, Are you? Yeah, just people say. the same. Well, touched a, little, a bit upon... Well, Jiffy touched upon, like, the WRU and, you know... The, need probably more professional people in there running the game and you know there's, there's a lot of issues with Welsh rugby there always has been made to be honest you know so there's nothing too new there but we're struggling a little bit for talent coming through and it's it's quite uh it's quite obvious you think Welsh rugby's shot don't you think it's quite obvious there's a lot of people it. speaking up now after my tweet that I got hammered for um and then they're saying what why are you doing features like this when there's more pressing matters at hand um, I'm like, oh, it's not my fault, mate. Yeah, could but, you could have done a Brexit piece though. Yeah, yeah, and you did exactly. Could have, yeah, I could have done a bit on Man United and why they're so poor, and the soft border, yeah. Northern Ireland. But it's good. I, I got Rob Jones on there, Jamie Robinson, Gavin Hastings. Yeah, good value. People go mad, don't they? Rob Jones, Gavin Hastings, great value, and John Barkley. Yep. Put that photo up of uh, of John Barkley in his pants. 
Oh, he got it. I thought I knew you would. Yeah. I knew you'd use it. Did he front? Did he front foot? Did he front foot it and WhatsApp it to you like he said he would? Uh, he owned it. Yeah, he had to. Yeah. Um, yeah. He knew, he knew you'd come for him, didn't he? I just well, like, you know, he was talking about. He was telling a story about being sick and stuff, and I said, "Well, you know, if you want to be, if you want to real be sick, have a look at this." Sorry to put you through food, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Um, right, took it from the back though. Took it from the back. Yeah. He looks all right from the back, but I think nah, things are doesn't. changing up front for JB. Mm. Things are changing up front. There's, there's, you can often tell how how strong someone is or muscly someone is by their back, can't you? And yeah, it looked to me like, like you got had a, a weak bit, back. like at the top. You got the back at the top of your back. Even you know, even when you haven't been quite on it, you think to yourself, "That's a big, strong man's back, Tom." That's yeah. what I think when I look at your back. And you know, I'm not as tall as you. I'm about half an inch third third of an inch shorter than you but i've got a bit of weight down the bottom of my back i've got little love handles which i quite like i got i don't feel any inclination to get rid of those but my upper back says i'll rip your arms off yeah yeah i'll rip them off okay yeah. that that's how i look at it like a silverback mate yeah i'll take them off mate i'll take your arms off oh you want to fight me okay if i catch your hand i'll pull the arm off get a foot under your armpit pull it off you'll have to give it a little twist as well because it won't come off just by sheer force <sighs> All the bones will all come out, and you just leave the flesh, flesh yeah. sack like a windsock, like like a slow cooked chicken, and you're just taking the leg off it. Yeah, I had um, Tom Biggs was texting me. We were texting yesterday, and um, um, and he's I can say this with confidence. Um, he is all natural; doesn't take anything. Um, whatever you, naughty, however you view it, um, I never view it as that naughty actually. But he he doesn't take anything naughty. He's just. They've rebadged it, you fool. Yeah, he, he's he's kind of always been like that, and now he just trains and eats to train and loves it. Yeah. So he's in unbelievable condition. Um, and I always make a joke at him, have a little laugh about, you know, um, you know, along the lines of, God, if I took what you took, and he's like, what, actually sleeping and hydrating and not drinking piss and eating the right foods. Livers. And having some willpower. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sure. For 10 years. Um, That's no fun, and, mate. That's not a fun I was thing. like, should I, he loves it. I was like, should I, I said to him, um, mate, should I be taking any of these things? Uh, let me know what I need to take and I'll go on Amazon and get loads of gear. And he's just like, no, watch Bigger, Faster, Stronger, which I have seen before. Um, have you ever watched it? No, I watched Pumping Iron, mate, for training tips. Pumping Iron, yeah, this is, this is all about, you know, anabolic steroids and all that sort of stuff. But there's one, they, they show like this spoof comedy show in America where it's like, and the first all drugs Olympics where everyone's allowed to take whatever they want. And there's this Russian powerlifter goes to do a deadlift and it's so heavy, he just rips his arms off. His arms have come off. They're actually <laughs> off. He will not be happy with that, the big Russian. It's like, it's like people are literally going to explode, mate. Oh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Uh, an Olympics where you can take anything. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would, there would be literally people dying on our screens. It would be like that. I never watched that. What's that show recently where you've got to kill people? Squid Games. Squid Games. I never watched that yet. But um, oh, Have you watched Tinder Swindler? Swindler. No. Talk Ooh. to me. Um, I don't want to ruin it for people that haven't seen it, but it's really good. It's really interesting. Um, and obviously there is a bit of a giveaway in the title. But, yeah. Um, there's a, there's a, a dodgy bloke out there. Simon Levive, I think. Or Levive, Is he still out there? Yeah, yeah. He's okay. he's tweeting. He's just bought a boat, but basically, he um, in a nutshell, he swindles money out of um, uh, women. I thought you were say his name was Chris Chesney for a minute. I thought <laughs> no, that's something he hasn't done. That's something he hasn't done. <laughs> yeah. Surely, 
Um, slightly naive women, I'll, I'll have to say that. But um, yeah, but Tom, we can't blame the. We can't. Not you're not victim shaming here, are no, you? No, no, I'm not. Right. I'm not. Just from from where how I view it, um, and it, it, you know they they haven't met for long, and already they're lending him money. But they think he's a big time uh, billionaire. You know, son of a yeah, billionaire, yeah. but they're lending money. Yeah, so you know he, he traps them with love and affection and a lot of broken promises, basically. But well, I listened to a podcast recently about this and it was basically fact, she lended someone you know you've known, you've known a month sort of in the region of quarter of a million dollars so yeah it's it i often think with some scams you think anyone could get caught by that and some scams you think how on earth has anyone been caught by that but i think if they if they scattergun it and it's just a numbers game if people try with enough people yeah i think all of us are vulnerable at some point just because we're not paying attention or whatever there's always a time I've opened emails that are ridiculous things to open, you know, and I've, and I, I bought, you've, let I bought? Someone, I bought, you've let someone in Nigeria, some money, have you? I lent, I lent a, a really nice guy. It's just last week. I only met him last week. Um, just met on social media and I gave him a quarter of a million dollars. Um, like no, that. I, but I, I think we're all more vulnerable than we think. Some people are more vulnerable yeah, than others. I get that. I get that. And, uh, but, just my point of view, mate. But you, you were like that when you were young and single anyway. You know, out of 10 girls you'd ask, you know, at least you get one number. You're, you're a numbers man. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's about, isn't it? Um, but um, who are we talking about? John Barclay's physique. That's the main thing. Because we're, we're not, Tommy, we're not about body shaming on this podcast. It's not what we're about. But it is great when people who... The thing is, I look at 9 out of 10 absolute specimens playing elite rugby... I look at them and think, I can't wait to see you to when you're in your mid forties, mate. Because mm. you and I aren't there yet. But say I want to see you when you're forty. Mm. So yeah, see how you're getting on then, you smug git. That's what I think to myself. Good on you, well played. Let's see what you look like in your forties, okay? When things hurt and you can't be bothered and no one's giving you any dough to go to the gym and you actually got to get up at five you've got a five AM alarm to be in East London for some filming at eight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you um, come on. Have you watched the res- uh, the responder? Yeah, on BBC. Just finished it. I'm about to talk about that. All right, I've got two more episodes. Um, but what I will say is, Martin Freeman, what an actor! What a bloody right. actor! Incredible. What? His his accent is spot on. You know, he's not a Scouse, but he puts a Scouse accent on. But just the delivery. You know, a lot of a lot of actors can only talk in short sentences. <laughs> you know, but you could give him five minutes and he would just deliver like phenomenal I was so impressed by him you don't um, like it no you saw him pick up an empty cup and drink from it do you want my take yep loved it Welcome. before I'd seen it I before, I before I'd seen it I saw people on Twitter saying oh his accent's not good enough and whatever and I was like oh no first of all that's got to be one of the hardest things for an actor second of all it's going to ruin it for me. If his accent's not very good, I'm out episode one. I can't bear it. And yeah. it's, I couldn't do any better. I just can't bear it. I thought he was ama- amazing. Absolutely amazing. He was fan- He was He was as good the as Stephen don't Graham. They? The dodo, don't, the dodo, don't they? Oh, well, yeah, but Stephen Graham did a Welsh accent one in um, a series. There was a, a the, Pembro- the Pembrokeshire Murders, no, and he was Taff. No, no, it wasn't yep. the Pembrokeshire Murders. Yep. It was another one, but it was like a farmhouse murder. It was it was Pembroke Pembrokeshire murders. No, Stephen Graham was a farmhouse murder. Yep, he was a Welsh DCI called yeah. Taff. 
but it yep. wasn't the Pembrokeshire murders. murders. It wasn't. Wasn't it? The farm again. It was the far, it was something to do with a farmhouse murder. Was it the farmhouse? Yeah. But yeah, um, I get you. But Stephen Graham, so he can do what he wants anyway. But um, yeah, two more eps to go, and really enjoyed it. You dickhead. You knobhead, lad. You dickhead. You dickhead. Knobhead. Mm. He is. Uh... Oh yeah, White House murder. Something was it? White House farm. There we are. Well, Google. Called White House farm. Well done. You went. You went. Yeah. yeah um, it's not a competition, but you win that. Yeah. He. Yeah. He he is as good. That Welsh accent wasn't great. It's probably quite tough to go from South to Welsh because they're quite similar in a lot of ways. But um, he, Stephen Graham is amazing, and I thought Martin Freeman is as good as Stephen Graham. Mm. That I was like, mm. I'm, Martin Freeman's career is amazing, and he's done amazing things. Yep. I watch that, and I think surely that takes him to another level, and he starts getting everything he wants because he was phenomenal. Mm. Yep, I agree. Um, so I started watching. On the recommendation of a few people on Twitter over the last little while, I'm very, very reluctant to trust people's judgment because just like some people recommend this is awesome and I yeah. watch it and think this is absolute shite. Budgie's this is worst, so yeah. rubbish. Matthew Bennett. Oh, mate. If he, if he recommends something, then I'll have, really? to wait. I'll have to wait till three or four other people do the same. Yeah. I started watching Reacher. Around. Reach around, and I read a couple of the Reacher, Jack Reacher novels, you know, yeah, books. And he was like, I never watched the Tom Cruise version. Yeah, I've watched. But I imagine Tom Tom Cruise would be quite good because he's an amazing actor. Yeah. Um, um, bit weird on chat shows, but amazing actor, obviously. But then I feel like he's ex, you know, super soldier, uh, super army soldier, and intelligence officer, whatever it is. And you think, well, this guy's probably someone who... I always think of Jack Reacher as someone who's hugely capable, doesn't shout about their work, but, you know, fits into the background, could disappear when he needs to. Reacher on Prime, the series, yeah. is all about a completely jacked six-foot-five mutant with a body like... He's like a, almost a professional bodybuilder's body, like huge, jacked, yeah. hairless, completely shaved chest, stomach, everything like jacked off his tits and it's all about him beating the shit out of people in car parks and it's like he goes back to his motel room and four guys are like hey hey you son of a bitch don't come to our town and he's like right i'm gonna kill you all. i'm like breaking i'm gonna break all of your hands i'm gonna three of you are gonna get broken hands and he's like there's four of us one of you needs to drive to hospital and he like batters all three of them and the other guy's like i'll is drive it, i'll drive i can drive you know it it's kind of like no uh, one and a half, one and a half episodes in, I'm like, do you know what? I needed something to watch. I say this, you know, if you love it, good on you. That is proper. That the, is not yeah. high level telly. The one no. benefit of having um, a shaved chest is uh, and, and stomach is you don't get belly button fluff, don't you? Nope. nope. But do you shave yours? No, I'm all natural. I'm not hairy. You know, but I'm not hairy bloke anyway. Uh, it's called an education. Uh, <laughs> I quite like my belly button fluff. Lint, they call it, don't they? I quite like it. <laughs> you can use it to start a fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It. It's survival. Uh, yeah, well, it's a survival tool. Do, do a <laughs> do do a little uh, experiment. Give yourself the um, old once over and no. uh, and see. 
Man, I can't be arsed. I can't yeah, shave my head off enough not to look like Willie Thorne. <laughs> Tom's tip of the day. I tell you what, um, what, so Responder, amazing. And we're yep. also watching, I just finished Ozark part one of series four. So yeah. I dropped seven episodes. Yeah. Oh my God, mate. Yeah. Jason Bateman's acting is amazing. Yeah, they're, they're all amazing. Ruth, Julia Garner. Is, oh my God. Have you seen episode seven of part, the last one of part one? I've seen it all, mate. Of course you have. Her acting in that. Oh my God, mate. Mm-hmm. Amazing. They're all great. They're all great. That's what makes it so good. Amazing boy, absolutely amazing. I love that show. It's so good and so stressful. Responder was stressful too. Jesus, mm. I felt like uh, Marty Bird on the weekend, just like juggling plates, doing everything. Yeah, you had a busy Saturday, didn't you? Yeah, but it was good. Um, quite a few people in. A couple of issues with people getting drinks, but we'll iron that out. You're with me for Wales, France. Yeah, that's right. With JT, John Thomas. Yep, I'll be over the COVID by then. Yeah, how are you anyway? Fine, thanks for asking. It's only taking you twenty minutes. I did it I'm, off um, air, mate. Yeah, true. I'm uh I'm fine. I basically boring story. I Don't everyone in the family's been ill. No, but everyone in the family was ill with flu. Um I I had a big weekend, you know, like lots of events and stuff, so I was testing all the way through and then I tested after our last event Monday night or Tuesday morning tested and it's like clear. Yeah. Um so when I and I was like, oh, I'm fire. How, I was like, almost like, how have I escaped it? it was the truth, but you got to work sort of thing. And um, you got to crack on. And then Tuesday afternoon, I was like, mm, I'm going to pick the kids up from school. I was like, oh, I'm starting to feel a bit rank. And then Wednesday, I was a write-off and Thursday, I did write-off really. And then, um, so I basically isolated without knowing it. And I just assumed, because everyone else had been ill, I had what they had. Uh, tested, tested before, mm. ITV stuff on Saturday, positive, And it's like, right. So worst case scenario, I'm out of lockdown by isolation by Friday, yeah. so I can go and work out at the weekend. But I've already tested negative yesterday, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, nightmare, mate, because you had two games on this weekend as well, didn't you? Mate, mm. it's weird. Like, I'll tell you what it felt like. Like, you know, you for a long time, you got 70 caps, right? I didn't. So I was... I was I was a decent enough player, but I wasn't, like, top of the range. There were periods of my career where... For me, I was close to full potential and that sort of stuff and I was going well, but I basically wasn't quite consistently fit or consistently high quality enough to get anywhere near as many caps as that. And it that's just the way it goes. But it felt used to feel like say my contract was coming up and or I'm in my last season of a three year and it's like flats, you're not gonna play this week, we're gonna let him play or him play, you're gonna play next week. I hated it, like hated it. Not to the point where I was gonna go and kill people on a Friday team run or anything like that I hated it I wanted all the lads to do well I wasn't luckily one of those guys that wanted the team to lose nothing like that I just hated missing out and it felt like that because I sort of feel like if you're you know one of the proper big dogs missing your game just doesn't matter and it, realistically it doesn't matter for me you know I've been doing it long enough that missing a couple of games no one's going to hold it against me but it's like France Ireland and Italy England I was absolutely buzzing for this weekend, buzzing for it. Prep, like, because I was basically isolating all last week, you know, just just poorly at home. I was prepping like frig. Mm. I'd done tons of work. I knew what size shoes everyone's were. I, I, I couldn't wait. I got arrived there buzzing, said hello, positive, see ya. Back in the, you know, hire car home sort of thing. And it's like, right, brilliant. Um, yeah. So it's just crap and... 
you know, it's missing out basically, and it's like, it's probably a bit childish, but I just well, hate missing out. It's a shop it. window as well, isn't it, for for people like us or you? Yeah, more so. You know, it's, it's well, both of us, but they're big. They're big days, aren't they? Mm. Like. And I've got France England coming up anyway in a couple of weeks on on ITV, which will be awesome out in Paris. And yeah, that will be massive. Um, and doing some wicked stuff for you know you with France game, and then doing England Wales and England Ireland at Twickenham with different um, doing you know HSBC for the Wales game, and then going with the Green Room on um, the Ireland game. And they are just wicked days. Like you've done loads of them; they're brilliant. They are good. Love them, um, so we should chat. We should chat rugby now. Are you okay? Anything else you need? We need to discuss before we get on to Six um, Nations. Um, haven't watched Afterlife yet. Mm. Need to get on that. Yeah. Do you know what I want? Oh, you what? might be able to help me. I want something dark to watch on my own. <laughs> I don't. I don't like, like Afterlife. It's not something I would watch when, when, like Freya's gone to bed and I've got an hour on my own because we've got a baby. She goes to bed earlier than me, you know, because yeah. she feeds during the night, breastfeeds and stuff. It's like I've always got an hour to watch telly at night before bed, and Ozark filled that perfectly. Um, Responder we watched together Tinder Swindler yeah. You've got Des um, You might have seen that The Night Stalker Nip Seen it uh, I'll have a think of, uh, I need something dark Because I watched, started watching Reacher And I was like No This mm. is My kids could watch this Minus the language It's yeah. just some jacked guy Alright I'll have a it, think it's, ba- it's basically his It's an exhibition of his amazing body That I love uh, good, good body It's just his body for an hour And I was like well What's the one? What's the one? There was um, Ben Backhouse told us to watch. It's about sort of superheroes in the modern time. It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, was it The Boys or something? The Boys, yeah, that's quite good. Yeah, it's quite good. Have a, have a go at that. It's, okay, it's a little I bit tried dark. it for a bit. I think about half okay. an hour. But I quite enjoyed it? that. But ben Backhouse, mate. I, you know, much as I love the guy, we love him, don't we? Mm. But. His TV recommendations have come up short for me, and he knows that, so he stopped giving them now. Loves cryptocurrency as well. I know. Yeah. I know. Come on, lads. Come on, lads. Nothing like a tenner in the hand. Anyway. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Rugby. What we'll the start off. What I want to ask you, Tommy, is where does Welsh rugby go from here? Well, David, um, <laughs> last week I thought there'd be a reaction. I honestly thought Wales would win. I'm not just saying that for the sake of it. I thought because they were so poor in Ireland, you'd see a reaction. You had to. Um, even though Scotland were coming down full of confidence, back-to-back Calcutta Cups, really on the way up, I, you just sort of, I just had a feeling that Wales will be able to produce the goods. And sometimes before games, you just... I don't know whether there's like a nervousness in the air, if you know what I mean, or what, but the anthems were incredible. And they're not always... They're always good, but sometimes the noise, the atmosphere, it was like very similar to 2013, the 30 points yep. to three. And it just had that feeling before the game. And, and it delivered. And look, it wasn't the most exciting game um, of the weekend you know for, for someone that was just tuning into rugby you know that it wasn't all singing and dancing the France Island game was there was more involvement but proper pressure on Wales at home after last week's performance and they did enough to win you know defensively they were far better there was a physical edge to them the line out was massively improved they had a lot more line speed um, and they actually sort of strangled Scotland in that second half. The first half, Scotland looked pretty good and pretty decent and they, they played to quite a bit of width and Finn Russell threw a lovely ball to Darcy Graham who showed amazing power. And, you know, you, I think he surprises people. He's like DuPont, I think, in that way. Like, he's he's not the biggest, but when he runs into you, I think... I've got one one observation, observation on that to make yep. just without buttoning into your flow just because it's relevant to this point. The footwork, yes, got Lewis Rees Samit on the back foot a little bit, sat him down. But what I noticed was Lewis Rees Samit had, did still had time to collide. Yep. And you watch Darcy Graham. If you just deleted Lewis Rees Samit, he didn't knock Darcy Graham one centimetre off course. Darcy Graham was so much more powerful than him yep. that it was like Lewis Rees Samit was a pad with no one holding it. Bit of footwork handoff and he literally went in the direction he wanted to without being knocked off he was he looked so much more powerful he was in the he was too upright so there wasn't enough weight behind him and it just gave Darcy Graham such a big target to hand off with a stiff arm and pump the legs it was like running to a tackle bag you know when you do drills it was like that and yeah it was such a classy finish from a from a really good player but I think uh, I think that second half was you know Wales shut up shop? You sort of you guessed that might happen because it was fourteen all at half time. You knew it was going to come down to the end, and I think in a way that Scotland were quite lucky. I think it should have been a yellow card for Stuart Hogg um, early on in the first half. I think it should have been a yellow well, card. dirty bugger in I think it should have been a yellow card when Thomas Francis scored because they were on their last warning. And although Thomas Francis scored, it was still a penalty advantage. Um, so they could have played Scotland for. 20 minutes with 14 men in that first half. Um, but I think it, a lot of heart and a lot of attitude got Wales Let's through that game. Let's talk about Biggers' drop goal. Yeah. Biggers' drop the goal. 
doesn't really matter. Um, no, it doesn't matter now. No, it doesn't. What were you saying at the time? Were you saying, I hate you? I was saying, get a voodoo doll. You got penalty in front of the post. Why go for the drop kick? Why not go and try and strangle them? You know, they're on penalty advantage anyway. There might be another yellow card after that. Go for a crossfield kick. Take your time. You know, if you don't score a try, you're always going to come back. Um, but it doesn't really matter because they won the game anyway. Discipline, second half. Wales gave away two penalties. Brilliant. You know, that's how you win games, by not giving teams um, any penalties against you, which allows them to get territory and possession. Um, bit of a momentum in the game, like Dan Bigger kicks a penalty, 57 minutes. Nick Tompkins then wins a turnover, 58 minutes. Uh, good tackle on Chris Harris, 61 minutes. Knock on by Johnny Gray. And then all of a sudden, you can see it. You can see the energy in the Welsh team. You know, they're, they're all of a sudden running to set piece. They're walking a little bit taller. Um Issues, some issues with attack still. Um, line-out drive was really good, you know. But you could see Wales' game plan that second half. They were line-out driving, they were going on the front foot, and then Dan Big was launching it in the air. Um, so, you know, they didn't want to take too many risks. Um, uh, but attack-wise, and you look at France, you look at Ireland game, they're just, Wales aren't really engaging enough defenders in attack. Like... Dan Bigger used the front line so many times, you know, so they were hitting off nine in, in parts yeah. of three constantly, constantly. And, you know, when you come up against real big teams like France, like England, like Ireland, that's not going to work. You have to you have to vary it a little bit. And there was a couple of instances, three or four times, where it could have gone out the back. And I don't know whether, I said this on Scrum 5, I don't know whether it's because there's not, there's not consistency in selection. So, you know, p- players... You know, there's a new centre partnership every week at the moment. You know, and I think there's a there should be more leadership in the centres to organise that attack outside. And Bundyaki, Gary Ringrose do it brilliantly. You know, you watch them constantly talking, pushing mm. people into the right position because it's it's a two wave attack, isn't it? You put it behind the first pod, then you've got another pod then normally behind doing the same thing. And it's just about organising people. You've got about five seconds to get in position, which is enough time. But at the moment, everyone just, they're crowding 10, they're crowding 9. They're not taking their own width. They, they they lost a bit of shape. They lost quite a lot of width. People like Jack Morgan, now you might not have seen it. He's just, he's unselfish, right? Because... Did I see it? Of course I've seen it. He wants, he keeps the width all the time. And like players don't want to yep. do that. Like Tane Basham won't do that because he wants to carry. You know, he wants to carry off 10. He wants to carry off 9. He wants to be involved. But... It's instances like that where there's no winger there that you have to be unselfish to keep the width because that's how you're going to stretch defences. So there is a bit of work to do, but it's nice to be able to do a little bit of work for two weeks off the back of a win. And as I said, mate, heart, attitude, desire got them through that game. And Scotland will have to wait another two years to try and break that record. It'll be 22 years um, next time Scotland come to Cardiff without a win. And I think that had a psychological effect as well. Okay. Uh, do you know? I w- yeah, I like that. Really good synopsis for me. That, and I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a few bits from that whenever anyone asks me. Um, um, summary, not synopsis. But the, but like, yeah, the power thing, hitting that front line, running off nine. I think to myself that is un- less likely to work against England. Way less likely to work against Ireland, as we saw. Way less likely to work against France. But all they had to do was beat Scotland. That's all they had to do. And I was listening, I read a couple of bits and listened to a couple of bits during the week. And I hadn't really considered the pressure that Wales would be under. There's always pressure. Mm. 
but it's so much pressure for that fixture because it's not like France are coming to town to win a Grand Slam or the All Blacks are in town and, you know, lots of lots of people don't expect Wales to win. It's like, this is a game you should win against a team that just beat England um, and who were in the World Cup final not so long ago and all that. I know their last Six Nations rubbish, but England is still a big name, you know. So I, I hadn't quite appreciate the pressure and I watched Dan Bigger run that and not, you know normally my sort of favorite head-to-heads are not always in the forwards but they're often forwards but I mm. watched that game and just thought I'm going to play a cam as much as possible which wasn't that much I'm going to try and play a cam those two Finn Russell and Dan Bigger and Dan Bigger like won that contest hands down like he he wasn't perfect and Finn Russell does do some lovely stuff mm. but Dan Bigger was so forceful and then when he when he dropped the goal, I was almost like gutted in a way because I, I don't care who wins. But I'm like, I was like, no, because he's been so good and he's so like he's dug in and he's so brave and all that sort of stuff. He's been such a legend that I'm like, that decision could be the one that actually costs you the game and yeah, you're yeah. the captain. And it, and what it what it was, I mean, it doesn't matter now. At the time, it was the wrong decision. I mean, there's almost no arguing that, but it's made right by the win. Yeah. By the fact that Scotland didn't score any more points, but it's like they're... That is the wrong call under pressure, and you got and it, Wales got away with it, so it doesn't matter. But I was thinking, oh no! And as soon as he dropped the goal, I went from not winning, not caring who wins, to actually really wanting Wales to win, just so that he didn't cop a load of flack. He basically. did well as well because he got a, took a knock early on in the first half, and you could see like he was limping around a fair bit. Um, but he did well. Tame Basham quite lucky not to probably get a yellow card for a tackle on Skinner. I think it was. Um, yeah, but. You know, that probably wouldn't have had too much of an effect on the game because it was right, I think, one minute to go. Could have done, could have done. It's not to say it doesn't, but yeah. Um, that is a huge win for Wales because it would get a lot of people off their backs. It just proves that they can front up when backs are against one. And that happens a lot in Wales. You know, there'll be a disastrous game and then next week, the following week, they'll really front up. But how they played against Scotland... You know, you're not going to be able to do that every week. You can't have that emotional high every week because no, that that's just not the way sport is. Um, so, quite a bit of work to do uh, on England, but hell of a win. Yeah, hell of a win. Brilliant win. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. You know, I was punching the air, and obviously, whenever I loved, came I back, actually loved watching it because, like, you know, we've all seen better games than that, but it wasn't a terrible game by any stretch. But oh. for me, it's a bit like. It was better, better than the Lions third test actually, in terms of quality, but the last 10, 20 minutes of that are so tense Yeah, because there's so much on the yeah, line. I mean, it's is. only sport and all that, but for us lot and them lot, it's everything, isn't it? And yep. in that moment, and it's the biggest day of your life when you're playing in that on that day, you know, so I'm kind of watching that and it all got so, like, it was so tense. I was just like, this is where it's meant, this is what it's meant to be. Owen Watkin know? had a good right. game. Um, really nice break early on. Probably give up kicking, tried one banana kick, got like super confident. He's like, I've just made a 40 minute break, catch a kick off, try a banana kick. That went straight yeah. out and then tried a crossfield wiper, went straight out. But apart from that, his defense was good. Still need, to, that, still need yeah. to see a bit more line speed. Um, if I'm being really, really critical, um, I think sort of maybe Nick Tompkins is still a little bit too much lateral. And I think, you know, we need to move forward a lot more still really likes to drift and I think when Jonathan Davis came on he he w- you expose yourself right when you when you um with line speed and you've got to 
you've got to be confident because when you come out the line, people can play around you and you're quite vulnerable. So you need to know exactly what you're doing. But even just things like getting the eye line of players like Finn Russell, of Blair Kinghorn, just seeing a player there forces them back inside to, to where you want them to go, to where the sort of heavy traffic is and where you're, you're strong in D. And yeah. he did that when he came on. Um, you know, Alex Cuthbert did pretty well. I think Josh Adams will come back in. Uh, but Jack Morgan, no, Will Ro- Will Rowlands had a really good game. Yeah. You know, a he lot did, of hard yeah, yards. Ryan Elias work, yeah. is getting better and better every single game. You know, loved his leg drive. Yeah, we saw, we saw him mostly in the autumn. Yeah. Um, but I think this is where consistency and selection helps because there's a lot of injuries to hookers at the moment with Ken Owens. You can't help um, but be consistent. Elliot there's D. no one left. Sort yeah, of thing. Exa- yeah. yeah, exactly. It's him and him or Dowie Lake. But it seems to be, definitely seems to be benefiting him because he seems more confident in his own ability. He's offering himself, even if he gets mangled, you know, he's still offering himself. And it was just, th- there were more people putting their hand up to carry. Ross Moriarty, obviously. Tane Basham, obviously. Um, so, some some good performances. Shall we move on? Because I probably just bored everyone to death with that. But don't, don't worry, they've all switched off. We can do what we want now. Uh, should we go France um, Island? Who else? Yep, go for it. France Island. Um, what a game. Like, how physical was that? We we you know we spoke about the physicality of the Wales Scotland game, but Tommy, I'm sorry, Tommy, this was an extra first point. Your first, your first point was meant to be that the commentary was fantastic from Gordon Darcy and Miles Harrison, but it was missing a certain something. Je ne sais quoi. Thank you. It was missing. Yeah, it was missing the wit. And missing a fat e- guy. Missing a fat guy. <laughs> expert. Not you fat shame yourself, mate, and then tell me off for doing it. Yeah, true, um, actually. Yeah, you're right, actually. Uh, so I don't know where I am. I don't know where I stand with you anymore. You know. Just go t- say whatever jokes you want. I don't care. Okay. Um, I'm, in, I'm in great shape. Well, I don't go around calling myself... Whale man. Yeah. What's, your real, whale what's man? your real name? David. It's a great name. Um, yeah, fine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I loved like some huge carries, wasn't it? Antonio in the middle of the midfield leaning up to yeah. the punch try. <laughs> you know? Mate, like... Being in. <laughs> Moafana and Fiku. Those two in the centre. Moafana's 21 years old, mate. And he's massive. 21 or 22? 21, I think he is. I could be wrong. 22. I know. He's, he's a kid. I know. But just they just managed to find quality players, like, everywhere. Oh. Yeah. Cyril Bai, do you see, you know, on the charge for the try? <laughs> yeah. Like, good luck. Yeah. But they've got, they've got front row who are big and strong. They're also, much like Ireland, really mobile, aren't they? Super yep. mobile. You know, so... It was, uh, you know, Aldrich was phenomenal again. I think he was man of the match. Um, you know, France, this was a massive game, wasn't it? You know, both teams on form, both teams favourites for the yeah. Grand Slam. It was the one, wasn't it? It was yeah. the one. It was the one. And, you know, could Ireland take apart France in attack like they did against um, Wales? But couldn't quite. No, there were there were times I'm sort there of were. watching. There were well, there were times I was sort of watching Ireland smacking in with big blokes that had done real damage against Wales, and they just weren't doing the damage. And there, you know, there were a lot of lads played very well for Ireland, of course, but they they didn't have the physical impact that 
they had against Wales, France just looked significantly bigger and stronger than yeah. Wales had the week before. And rugby is not all about that, but it's so hard to win when you can't physically beat another team up. Um, you knew it was going to like, be quality. It just becomes really difficult. You knew yeah. it was going to be quality when Dupont scores after a brilliant offload from Entomac. Whether he meant it to go to him or not, doesn't matter. He knows he's going to run that inside line. And then straight after that, you've got Mac Hansen catching a kickoff. You're thinking, wow, this is a oh. game. You know, Jaminet just doesn't see him at all. He's just thinking he's going to take the ball on the full. But the kickoff was so good. Just gives your winger something to chase at to get in the air. And wingers are, are brilliant in the air. And that's why they chase those types of kicks because they're just aerial. But that, yeah. that was something special. Yeah, wasn't it was. It? it was. It was lovely to watch as well. Um, but I just don't think Ireland could compete with the power of France. You know, they, they turn the ball no. over on their own on their own line um, yeah. in a ruck, and then next minute, Cyril Bai is hitting a, a line. He's got a hundred mile an hour, and he's a good twenty stone, powerful, and like what what can you do unless you unless you're meeting him with that same force? He's going to go over, and he did. Yeah, uh, do you know? Years ago, I nearly put this on Twitter, and I thought oh, I can't be bothered. People, I can't. Be, I didn't bother him in, but. Um, Years ago, somebody from a Premiership rugby club, a mate who, um, had, you know, stayed on at a rugby club and was doing some management stuff, called me and said, "We're looking for a loose head to replace the guy that's leaving." Yeah. Um, who do you recommend? A few years ago, and I said, well, "Here's a couple of options." You know, Joe Marler is starting to come through, um, and all that. I don't know if you get him away from Quinns, but he's he's really good for these reasons and whatever. And then that was sort of time when his scrummaging wasn't. Is still strong, but it that wasn't his major. It was almost like making scoring a couple of tries here and there, and it probably was doing a bit more around the not a bit more around the field, but you know, a bit more visible ball carrying. Basically, um, yeah. he had a couple of good games. I think he scored. He stepped and scored somebody or something. And I said that he's a good guy to get. And I thought of someone else. Can't remember who. And then I said, "There's." And I think the second guy I thought of. I can't remember who it was, but it was a really crap call because he hasn't done anything. Um, third one was that Toulouse had got this young guy who's in and around the fir- around the first team now called Cyril Bai. And, you know, he's behind some top quality players. So now might be a really good time to get him. I don't know what the French rules are on playing abroad and all that sort of stuff. But it, if you've got proper money to spend, this is a young bloke. He would have been 20, 21, I guess. And if, you know, you're offering him, yeah. I don't know, a quarter of a million plus, there's a good chance you'll get him. Um, and I think he could be really, really good. But his scrummaging isn't quite right yet. And in the end, they said, oh, we won't bother because he won't leave to leave. He'd never leave and all that sort of stuff. And it was about a year ago, I got a text from this same mate saying, wish I'd listened to you with Cyril Bai. Yeah. Um, because we did speak to his agent and the price we got back then was very affordable and we just didn't bother because we thought, well, he won't want to come because it's not France. Um, but he used to be a bit dirty. There was some, I used to watch him scrummage in sort of the, a few years ago and think, hmm... He's good, he's strong, he's aggressive, but he does, he sort of goes on his own a little bit, his hips kick out a little bit, and, I, and I'm not sure, and then I was proven so wrong so quickly, <laughs> like, because he goes up against the best guys in the world. It's almost like the better his opposition, the better he scrummages, yeah. and the, tight, the tighter he is. And he's also, he's not like, um, you know, like someone like Kyle Sinclair is probably 118 kilos or something like that, not a giant guy, but there's not an ounce on him everything's lean he's like a cannonball you Big know time. 
you know, in just in great shape. Ellis Genge is not a huge man. He's, I don't know, one probably 115, something like that. Kilos, 118 maybe, 117, but lean guy. Cyril Bai carries a bit, a bit like Mako does, but mm. he's massively strong, fit for purpose, and massively fit. Like, he is unbelievably mobile for someone that heavy, <laughs> like who's carrying that much weight. He's a fantastic if, player. If you look at the penalties conceded, right? France gave away seven, which is brilliant. Um, for a, a game of 80 minutes. So was mm. 10, which Ireland gave away. But Ireland gave away so penalties in their own half. You know, Ireland outscored France three tries to two. And normally, that's yeah. enough to win a game. But because the discipline wasn't bad, but just the penalties they gave away were in kicker distance. And um, and Jamelé just hammered them home. And there was an instance, wasn't there, at the game where uh, Ryan could have gone for corner, went for three points instead. And... I think looking back at that, you know, because they lost, it's, it's obviously easy in hindsight, but they should have gone for the corner. And, and, you know, for that reason, maybe they missed Johnny Sexton. I know it was a, probably a blessing that uh, he is injured because, it, you know, when, when a player is injured like that, it, it's forced, you're forced into playing someone else. And, you know, yeah. they, they've got to start looking at some stage ahead to the future, you know, because if Johnny's fit, 100% he'll play. But um, I yeah. thought Joey Carberry did um, did well. But played well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But you know, Johnny Sexton's a captain as well, and you know, looking back, maybe that was a a poor decision to go for three points when you needed two scores anyway. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, either way, you've got to score twice. So it's kind of like yeah. which way around you want to do it. I yeah. mean, you know, I think it's Penno's. Way, is, is it Penno's step you see on Hugo Keenan down the right hand side? Just wrong foots him completely. It, it's beautiful <laughs> to watch. I do like watching Damien Penn. I love him, mate. He's got everything. He looks like such hard work. Yeah, he's <laughs> he got everything. Brutal. Like, he's 100 mile an hour. He's got soft hands. Yeah. Um, he's elusive. He's got a great step. He's incredibly strong. He's fast. Like, you could play him anywhere, couldn't you? You could play him at 13, yeah. 15, 14. Probably play him at 10, like his old man. Good job. Did you play with Alan? No. Oh, I, I was a year before you. I played with Alan. Madden. I was 18 and he was 47, so I'm not that old. <laughs> but yeah, played with Alan. Amazing. Like, uh, I remember him, like, in one game, like, smashing people in the tackle. Like, wow. Yeah. He was playing for France, starting for France, I think, at that point. Smashing people. The next week, nope. Nope. And they're like, you know, he he's almost moving out of the way. And yeah. just whether his head was there or not. And then towards the end of the game, you're thinking, even though he's a young bloke, you're thinking, mate, you've got to make your tackles. Come on, mate. And then a fight starts in the days when they're actual fights. And he's in there smacking uppercuts in, like flying in, yeah. like nails. And then really aggressive, but wouldn't tackle. And the next week he's tackling again, didn't want to fight. It was so odd. And then he did um, the team meeting and Francois Pienaar was basically like, um, Alan, you, you, you know, this is not our plan. He says, yes, but this is my plan. <laughs> it's like no, it's not, this is not our this is not our game plan. Yes, I mean my game plan, Alan's game plan. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, yeah. And he's sort of laughing, and everyone's smiling, and it's kind of like, well, and it's like, well, you can't do that again. Yes, of course I do again. Well, I walked out to training and said, "You're naughty. You're a very naughty boy." Um, uh, forget I forget the French expression, Phil Michon or something like that. And he said, "No, if Saturday come, uh, if I play, I do again. I like." Nice move. <laughs> That's it. Smiling his way through a bollocking. I'm going to do it again. Sorry if you heard so. that sneeze. It was um, 
bubs in the office two doors away. Oh, no. What, what, what are your thoughts on people who sneeze, like, really, really, really loudly, like, shout? Attention seekers. There's no need to sneeze that loud. I worry there's, if it's everything all right at home. There's no need. Like, what are you doing? Why are you shout? It, like, scares me. To, like, it's, a pr- it's like someone's screaming out, and you're not yeah. ready for it. And you yeah. Just don't get it. Like... No, but he annoys me too, though. I, if you if you were if you're in a library or if you were at Buckingham Palace, would you sneeze that loud? No, you wouldn't. It is. It's attention seeking. You're right. Anyway, um, hit me with Italy versus England. I watched majority of it, but I was working. So over to you. Take the bat on. I was I was quite interested to see what Eddie Jones said afterwards because he always like he you know. Whether there was any spin on it or anything, I didn't think England were that good. Like I don't, you know, it's like fine. I mean, it, it, it's a bit like Wales Scotland. I mean, it was a much tighter game, but it doesn't matter if what England did would have beaten France or Ireland. It just doesn't matter because that's not who they're playing against. They've only got you know, um, that's irrelevant. But it was, I you know, it sort of lacked penetration. There were times when you could see what they wanted to do. Um, the forward pack largely played really well. Italy were absolutely never in that game, as Eddie Jones said, quite right. So the level of threat is virtually non-existent. I mean, the main threat, being completely frank about it, is are we embarrassing ourselves a bit by not scoring enough points against a team that's clearly not as good as we are? Um, Italy, like towards the end, they had a couple of opportunities and it was just what they delivered was so poor. You couldn't believe it. Like, I think it was Garbisi. I might be saying the wrong guy, who's a hell of a baller, like proper player. He delivers a crossfield kick, like a kick pass to a completely empty crossfield. Uh-huh. And it's like, you're like, this is, you know, if you genuinely, if you'd have done that at school, you'd have got a bollocking. It, they were, they're so far off. Can I that actually, there? Yeah. Federico Mori, like some real bad defensive. Um, like, right. they've got man on man and he's just, Letting Max Malins go down the outside yeah. of him, like it's basic stuff. It's not like he's got three or four players to pick from, and you know he's got to jam in or he stays out. It's man on man. Tw- yeah. Twice that happened. I'm like, what? Yeah. You can't play international rugby in the Six Nations, which is deemed the greatest tournament, um, international tournament outside the World Cup in the world, and be well. I don't know that rugby. Illiterate, or I, I don't know what the word yeah. is. I th- no, I think that is that that's probably the right expression, and and it's you know it. What what we don't want to do is kick somebody when they're down, but it, it is our job to say what we think about what we've given ourselves. This real job. basic, mate. It's real, like but too it's like, basic. There, was, there were times I thought last week where they defended quite well against yep. France, defended really well, and. You know, France managed to overcome that a bit, but France didn't look amazing against them. I think they 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 did turn the second half into a dogfight, not a dogfight, a dog show, which is what my old mate Pete Dixon, a um, Zimbabwean hooker, used to call it. If something was rubbish, he'd call it an absolute dog show, and he's like, it was a dog show. And it, but there was some brilliant stuff like Ellis Genge, I thought was fantastic. Sinclair, when he came on, was fantastic. Thought he played really, really well. Nice to see Ollie Chesson get a cap, and there's there's all that stuff. Marcus Smith's inputs I think Marcus Smith did really well um again he's not he wasn't tearing it up nobody really was but I'm glad he played 80 minutes I think that's important um after last week 
and he's clearly the absolute man and it's not going to go perfectly for him because the opposition's too good but mm. put him there and leave him there you know I'd have him playing 80 minutes the next 10 games if you're asking me but you're not um, I am. no one is but it's I yeah I, I didn't think England were terribly impressive they were as impressive as they needed to be did the job leave hopefully no one got injured seriously injured and that's that I mean I think that you know Eddie Jones will be happy they'll be perfectly happy with that because that's just one of those games that you've got to go over and win and hopefully don't get hurt because they're they're a mile behind what about Randall would you have liked to see him stay on yep yep um, yeah mainly because what mainly because I mean, it's big it's Ben Young's big day so I get that you know but I mean Ben Young's has had so many caps almost give him a token three or four minutes at the end like you did with Jack Noel last week yeah. you can do that with Young Z and it's not an insult because he's the most cap player ever yeah. right so with Jay so it's like he's a legend so just give him his cap because so he hasn't got to wait another week for it but let Harry Randall do 75 78 minutes like that's how I'm looking at it um, I thought he was good I thought he was a bit of a handful I think as time goes on he could form you know Smith and Randall play together a lot as Nipper were growing up and whatever. So they know each other well. There's a good bond there. Marcus Smith talked about it after the game. There's a good connection off the field and on it. And I think leave them together. That's what I think. But they won't. It won't happen. Uh, what do you he, make won't, of, he won't be playing next week. What do you make of Austin, um, not Austin Healy, uh, Eddie Jones um, having a little pop at Austin Healy after? Oh, was that? I missed that. Um, it was something to do with... Um, who uh, Austin Healy wrote in his com in his column about uh, taking off Marcus Smith and everything, and Eddie Jones had a little pop at him after. Uh, what ask, did he say? Asking him something like, "Who wrote Who wrote your column?" You don't have a word of them. Quite petty. What in the oh. interview afterwards? Yep. Yep. Oh, I missed that. I missed that. I missed that. Have a little look. I did have a I did have a lot going on here actually afterwards, but I I don't always get the post-match interviews live because it's almost like I watch so much rugby if I watch all the build-up and all the post-match it takes the piss yeah no I, I read it online this morning when I was in the gym oh yeah I haven't seen Whatever. that I'll have a look yeah oh but, brilliant yeah. I love that I love the odd little dig yeah it was a little dig it was like uh, and Austin he was just questioning his decision to take off Marcus Smith and yeah yeah he said, Eddie Jones responds with something like I've got a difficult question for you this week Austin Healy um, you know like who writes your column yeah you know, what are you going to say in your column this week sort of thing yeah. yeah, I mean the reality is, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's been happening forever, but yeah. the lads, I mean, they are Austin's words, but he won't write it. You know, I, I'm pretty confident to call that in. You know, yeah. Um, so quite often, what I do is when the lads have columns, I read all the rugby columns, and then you read the lads' columns, and there's phrases that have been used in both columns that otherwise wouldn't. There was one at the weekend. I forget what it was, but they're um, it was almost like, you know, that that Scotland haven't ever beaten Wales, haven't beaten Wales at the Principality, whatever it is, or that Italy have never beaten England. It's the way the way of starting a paragraph. I was like, oh, that's who wrote the column for them. Yeah. <laughs> that's who that's who they spoke to. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So next, I'd love a ghostwriter, mate. Not famous enough. Two weekends time, uh, Scotland, France. Who are you picking? Oh, France. Yeah. England, Wales. England. Ireland, Italy. Ireland. Yeah. Give me your three. Uh, exactly the same, mate. Exactly yep. the same. Um, home advantage is, I think it's around 60%, isn't it? Counts towards... Just over. Win. Yeah. In the Six Nations, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But be- bearing in mind that's skewed by Italy having won at home yeah. a couple of times. So it's True. actually most a lot of the nations are quite high. I think England are. I saw the stat, I could be wrong here, 84% or something at home. It's, yeah. it's, it's way more than 60. So as it stands, France the only ones that can win a Grand Slam. Do you think they'll do it? Um, After Scotland away, they got Wales away, and then they have... England at home. England at home, so... I think they will do it. Yeah, yeah I think they could as well. Do you? Yeah, I think they could. Um, I, think, I think England would be the only team that could stop them. Uh, I, I just think they'll be too big and too powerful all over the field, like centres, front row, second row, back row. You know, I think they've just got so much size and power that only someone like England, who've, who've got a pool to pick from like that, could match them. Really, I think. And fella, at, at the Paul Valemster in the second row. I know. Jeez, I know that guy, mate. Yeah, yeah. He honestly, yep. he's so big. He puts it about. He puts it about like. Like without the actual thuggish bit, he puts it about like a fifty-minute thug, mm. but can play eighty every week, even yeah. though he's six seven and one thirty. Size everywhere, mate. Like honestly, they six seven hundred and thirty plus and engine I can't and get evil intent. The size of second rows there, you know, they, they don't really have any sort of rangy second rows. They're all just big lumps, aren't they? You know, back row just athletic. Tall. Cameron Walkie's basically a back row, just yeah. converting like, and he's a unit. Fiku. And Moafana, or where they have Vakatawa, Vakatawa, or or Dante, just size everywhere, mate. So it's it's incredible. Um, yeah. So I agree. I think France will win. Right. That's that's about an hour, mate. I'll do us one, boy. That's a long one. Um, I'll do us, boy. What you got on for the rest of the day? Keep it keep it short. Oh, now I'm in isolation, so okay. I'm watching TV, and um, it's Valentine's Day, and I've received a very nice uh, Valentine's package from my lovely fiancée. Two E's. Did you remember? Nope. It's not like you. No, we we got an unwritten agreement that we don't remember, and she's like, "No, I've I haven't even got you a card, mate, but I've got some food coming." Oh, nice. Yeah. Nothing says I love you like a a nice meal. I mean, over the over the moon with what she, a, what's arrived, but and a kiss on the cheek, good night. But I was meant to be in Rome, so I said, "Right, I'll bring you something really romantic back from the airport." Was my gag. Yeah. I never went. I've been in isolation, mate. So. um if I'd ordered anything, she would have had to go and collect it from the door anyway. Um, what are you doing? Nothing. I think uh, I might go for the old M&S. Uh, wine and dine, sort of. Uh, chuck it in the oven or the microwave menu. Oh, yeah, okay. Or Wagamamas, right. I haven't decided yet. Mm. But Temporary romance is definitely not dead in my house, mate. I bought, <laughs> no. I bought 12 white roses. Did you? Yeah. And I bought all my kids a card and some chocolates because I didn't want them to get upset. Oh, my God. Yeah. There we are. Wow, what a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a catch. So. Yep. Yeah. Well done. Well done to my lovely wife. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, good luck to you, boy. Nice one. See you, mate. ta Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 